Welcome to Dunstable's ancient Priory Church, which has been a place of Christian prayer, worship and pilgrimage for nine centuries. In the early 1100s, King Henry I founded a monastery here with a church dedicated to St Peter. In May 1533, Dunstable Priory hosted the court that annulled the marriage of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon prompting the break from the church in Rome and the birth of the Church of England. So we can claim that the Church of England came into existence right here in Dunstable. The monastery was closed in 1540 and most of the buildings were destroyed. What still remains is the Norman parish church dedicated to Peter. And today we're celebrating St. Peter's Day, our patronal festival a day that has been celebrated here nearly 900 times. Thank you for joining us. Jesus Christ is King of it. He lives his life in us for the sake of the world. Jesus is alive today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And, and also, also with, with you. you. Jesus said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The Gospel calls us to turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. As we offer ourselves to him in penitence and faith, we renew our confidence and trust in his mercy. Lord Jesus, in your love, you invite us to be your friends. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, in your joy, you choose us to go out and bear fruit. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, in your power, you send us to be your faithful witnesses. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May the Almighty Father have mercy on you, forgive you your sins, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, who inspired your apostle, Saint Peter, to confess Jesus as Christ and Son of the living God, build up your church upon this rock, that in unity and peace it may proclaim one truth and follow one Lord, your Son, our Saviour Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of Peter. It's a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain and suffering unjustly. If you endure when you're beaten for doing wrong, where is the credit in that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he didn't threaten but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that, free from sins, we might live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but stands forever. As the hills stand about Jerusalem, 
So the Lord stands around about his people from this time forth forevermore. The scepter of wickedness shall not hold sway over the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous turn their hands to evil. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are true of heart. Those who turn aside to crooked ways the Lord shall take away with the evildoers, but let there be peace upon Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why on earth did Jesus choose Peter? A fisherman from the nighttime economy whom Jesus picked up on the beach. An ordinary family man, probably hadn't travelled much. Peter was not educated or eloquent. He was tactless, impulsive, outspoken, a bit of a bull in a china shop. And when the chips were down, when Jesus was arrested and really needed his friends, Peter let him down. He denied three times that he even knew him. You can see this in one of our beautiful windows showing scenes from Peter's life. So why did Jesus choose Peter to be the foundation stone of his church? Would you? I wonder if you know what your name means. My name, Rachel, means a female sheep. Sometimes parents give their child a name, hoping that the child will grow up into the type of person described by their name. People did that 2,000 years ago too. The name Jesus, which the angel Gabriel told Mary her son would be called, means God saves. Jesus gave a new name to his friend Simon. The new name was Peter. In the language Jesus spoke, Peter means rock. 
So Jesus said to Peter, you are Peter, rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You can see the keys at the bottom of this window. Despite his shortcomings, Peter did go on to be that rock. Peter was one of the first people to see Jesus alive after his death and resurrection. Jesus forgave him three times for his three denials and recommissioned him to build his church. That's illustrated in the third of our windows. After Peter received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, he was the first person to tell the world about Jesus. And he did indeed become the rock on which the church first came into existence. The first time I presided at a Holy Communion service, it was St. Peter's Day. I had just been ordained as a priest. During that service, I was given this rock to remind me that I, like Peter, am a rock on which Jesus builds his church. This rock is very special to me. It's got the date I was given it, the 29th of June, 2008. Since that day, I've moved house three times and each time I've moved, this rock has been the last thing to go out of the old house and the first thing to go into the new house. And it lives by my front door, so I see it every time I go in or out, as do all my visitors. An important feature of my rock is that it's not a regular shape. It has rough bits and smooth bits and bits that stick out, holes and sharp bits. It's imperfect, but it is strong. It has a history and it is completely unique. The rocks Jesus builds his church on are imperfect, irregular, rough, odd, sharp, sometimes downright weird and always unique. Like Peter, like me, like you. The Bible tells us that God knows each of us. God knows our imperfections, our strengths and our weaknesses. God knows what makes each of us unique and God loves us knowing our imperfections. And it is because of our unique distinctive features that Jesus is able to build his church on every one of us. What use would it be having a load of smooth, flat, perfect stones? It's the rough, unformed, jagged, broken, damaged, unique stones that Jesus can work with. Just look at Peter. This Priory Church, dedicated to Peter the Rock, has stood for nine centuries as a rock in the centre of Dunstable. It has hosted kings and queens, bishops and soldiers, merchants and gin makers, and many generations of ordinary people, every one of them an imperfect but unique rock loved by God on whom Jesus has built this church community. So what about you? You might be watching this service at home, at work, in hospital, on holiday, on the beach, maybe even in a fishing boat 
like Peter's. Wherever you are, ask yourself, how are you a rock on which Jesus builds his church? What kind of rock are you? What are your strengths, your weaknesses, your imperfections? What makes you unique? Who have been the rocks in your life? Who have been the rocks that have brought you to Jesus? How has Jesus been a rock for you? How have you been a rock for other people? How might you be a rock on which Jesus builds his church? Maybe you could find yourself a rock and let it remind you, as mine does, that you are a rock on which Jesus builds his church. You could even share a photo of you and your rock on social media. One of the rocks who is currently part of this church is our curate, Jenna. Next week, Jenna is going to be ordained as a priest here in this church with three other curates. We think it'll be the first time anyone has ever been ordained in this church, at least since the Reformation and possibly ever. So we're all very excited about it. It's traditional for people to be ordained at this time of year, around St. Peter's Day, Petertide as it's called, because they are, like Peter and like all Christian people, rocks on whom Jesus builds his church. So Jenna is such a rock, and now we're going to hear from her. I like the idea of being a rock, a rock for Jesus, a rock that Jesus can use to build his church, and a rock that is of use to others. It's good to be reminded that we live in an imperfect state, but what we offer in this imperfection has beauty. It reveals our vulnerability and is of immense worth to God. Next week, I'm going to be ordained as a priest following my deacon year. I will never stop being a deacon, of being a servant of Christ, of offering all that I am to God, to his church and to all people. This will be an awesome moment of stepping out, stepping forward in faith, in my imperfection. And I thank God that I do that. And I believe we all do that in God's strength. And this means that we're never alone as we step out in faith for God. Even if sometimes our feelings try to tell us otherwise. As we allow God to work in our lives, as I believe he has done in my life, we open up opportunities we might never have thought were possible. That is what is exciting, the surprises, the challenges, the joys that God has in store. Becoming a priest, of course, brings responsibility, but also fulfilment. It's a time of celebration. Here I am, continuing to respond to God's call upon my life. In the same way that we're all called by God, in our uniqueness, in our imperfection, in so many different ways.
please join with me as we declare together our faith and the faith of Peter and the Apostles in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hi, my name is Natalia, and I'm a parishioner of the Priory Church of St. Peter in Dunstable. I left Ukraine 13 years ago, and four years ago we moved to Dunstable, where I live and work with my family now. Since then, the Dunstable Priory Church became a real rock and a center of my new life. The church has always been a heart of the town and a focal point for local people. I feel really privileged uh, to live on the doorstep of such magnificent and more than 900 years old church. Every time when I enter the church, I admire how beautiful it is. And that wow fact repeats again and again when I open its door. When I hear Sunday bells, it reminds me about my uh, native town uh, churches. I met many new people through our church. It's a quiet place of prayer for me or a loud place of activities for my son James, who is a chorister of the uh, Priory Church Choir. And um, I'm really proud of him. It is not easy to be a foreigner sometimes when you have to leave your parents, your country, your work, and you have to start your life from scratch. Uh, thanks to kindness of the parishioners, I didn't have difficulties to integrate successfully into local community. I feel really blessed, supported, accepted. So thank you for that. To Ukrainian people, everything changed on the 24th of February. I remember very well when I woke up in the morning and found many messages from my parents and friends from Ukraine who said that they were bombed and attacked and many innocent people were injured. It was terrible and I felt really helpless because my family was far away and I don't know how would I can, can cope and how can I help them. At the difficult time, the prior church became a real rock for me, a rock of support. Uh, I, rem I will always remember that day when I was asked to read uh, the Lord's Prayer in Ukrainian language. And uh, our parishioners, they do not speak Ukrainian language, but it was not necessary because we prayed together and we prayed for peace. Uh, even today, when I came to church, they asked me always about my family, 
they wear sunflowers on their chest to show support. Uh, from time to time they wear blue and yellow clothes. Uh, together we organize different events, uh, fundraising events to support people in need. And I have feeling that together we now became a new rock for people who are in need, who need support for new families who are arriving as refugees from Ukraine or other countries. And uh, it it's really a good thing and uh, I really appreciate that. Peter said, when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. When people ask me how they can help, it's a difficult question to answer. So I just have one answer. I'm asking for a prayer because I believe that only God is stronger than any weapon and any ruler of the world. Our response today to Lord, in your mercy, is hear our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, you promise through your Son, Jesus Christ, to hear us when we pray in faith. And we come before you today, encouraged by our fellowship with all the saints. As we remember Peter the Rock, upon whom you built your church. Help us to find our sure foundation in you, our Saviour and our Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our churches gathering this Petertide to praise you and to hear your word. Thank you for all our opportunities to serve you as the people of God and may we be united in love as we go out to make disciples of all nations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, 
We pray for all those who will be ordained deacons and priests this Petertide. May they know your presence and the power of the Holy Spirit as they respond to your call. May they be strengthened in your love to live and work to your glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our world which struggles to live in peace. Bring protection and relief to all those who live in fear of war, displacement and abuse. Guide our world leaders in the ways of truth and integrity as they seek peaceful resolutions. Let your justice prevail in the uncertainty of conflict. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for the communities in which we live. Help us to have ears that hear and eyes that are open to the needs of others. Help us to be bold in the face of injustice and give us courage to stand firm in faith as we respond to your call to make a difference. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we give thanks for those individuals in our own lives who have been our rock, holding us in moments of vulnerability and need. Give us grace and compassion as we are called to draw alongside others in love and gentleness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for those who are suffering in body, mind or spirit. We trust your love for us and for all people and your deep desire for our well-being. As we name in our hearts those who are suffering, we pray that they may know your comforts and healing now and in the days to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we hold before you those that have died, bringing to mind all those on our hearts. We pray for their families and friends, that they will know the soothing touch of your love in the midst of grief. Be gentle with us in all our remembering. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And as our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God, who has prepared for you a city with eternal foundations, bring you with Peter and all the saints to the eternal and triumphant joy of that city and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In, In the, the name, name of Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen.